from HerbMentor.com, this is Herb Mentor Radio. You are listening to Herb Mentor Radio on HerbMentor.com. I'm John Gallagher. My guest today is Margie Flint. Margie practices herbalism in the seacoast town of Marblehead, Massachusetts, and over the last 30 years has become their village herbalist. She's an adjunct professor at North Shore Community College, the Tufts University School of Medicine, and the Massachusetts College of Pharmacy. Margie is author of the textbook, The Practicing Herbalist, Meeting with Clients, Reading the Body. She also lectures internationally. You can visit Margie at earthsongherbals.com, where you can check out her book and see what classes she's currently offering. Margie, welcome. Well, it's nice to be here. I have more schools I'm affiliated with now. Oh, please. Which, 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 which one? Well, there's Pacific Rim College in British Columbia, so Mm -hmm. I get to travel out to that beautiful, watery place with temperatures that are so delightful. Nice. And Bastyr University. Oh, well, when you come to Bastyr, you have to send me an email, give me a ring, because that's in my backyard. Oh, cool. I'll be there in the fall. Oh, excellent. We can hang out. Fun. (laughs) Yes. I'll have you over for dinner. Excellent. I love to eat. Have a home cooked. We'll get you some vocal salmon. It'll be great. Nice. Yes, it'll be wonderful. Um, So we have some HerbMentor.com member questions to get to in a bit. But you know, Margie, the first time I have uh, Herbalist on the show here, I'd like to hear your story. Like, how did you get started learning about herbs and using herbs? Um, I got started back in 74 when I was diagnosed with a potential tumor of the pituitary and told that if I had that, I would live about a year and a half, which is not a pleasant thing for a young girl to hear. Wow. And so I began a journey, and the journey included herbs and many other forms of, um, you know, the path, the road to healing. And herbs was the thing that just kept filling my life day by day, more and more and more, you know, so, you know, self-healing first, and then people knocking at the door, and then they wouldn't go away, even if I told them I wasn't qualified. And then, you know, going to herb conferences and meeting fabulous teachers like uh, Rosemary Gladstar and David Winston were my two first main teachers, oh. and then um, Dave, uh, let's see, David Winston, uh, Matthew Wood, William Lasassier, and the list goes on and on. My most recent teacher, who just left here this weekend, was um, William Morris, who's an amazing pulse and tongue teacher. And he is a master. I mean, Matthew Wood, you know, reveres him. He's going to show up in December when William shows up again to teach here on the East Coast. So, you know, the quest for knowledge never ends. But I will say that in that first conference that I went to, you know, there were only 60 of us there, including the teachers and all the cooks. And it was as though I had met my tribe. You know, it was like they were my people. And I remember that that full heart feeling where your your eyes, the tears spill out of your eyes and your heart opens and you know, oh, I'm home. Wow. So, I know yeah, exactly herbal, how you herbalists feel. Herbalists are incredible. 
and now you go to conferences and teach at them, and there's probably so many more people at each one that you go to than that first one. So it's, uh, yeah, and then you get to hang out with your friends and get paid. <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> what a great job! You know, it's it's interesting. Um, you know that that um, it seems like there are two main tracks of all the people. I don't know, fifty, sixty interviews I've done at this point. It's either people were. Uh, really into nature when they were kids or exposed, you know, into plants mm -hmm. because they, or they had a incident like yours in your life where you became ill and you helped heal yourself and, mm -hmm. and, and, and then you took it from there. So those are kind of like, I, I don't want to say it's equal. I had both of those though. As oh, a wow. kid, oh. you know, my mom said, oh, Margie, you were always putting things in people's mouth and telling them what to do. <laughs> 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 that's fantastic <laughs> you just couldn't help yourself um, that's awesome and and so now after all these years you're focused on uh, mentoring herbalists to practice so now you've gone yeah. through this process of how many you know a few decades of, of, yeah. of, of knowledge gathering um, so what brought that about like at one point was it did you have that realization where, like, wow, it's my path to, to teach others? Well, it was a, a woman called um, who said she had started her practice at the same time I did, but hers mm -hmm. never came, went off the ground. And she just wanted to follow me around to see what I did that was different. And then she'd pay me. And I thought, what a great idea. Wow. <laughs> so I didn't really think it up myself. Somebody else did. And um, so she started coming, and then a couple of years later, they had the mentor program at the Guild. And I'm a member, professional member of the American Herbalist mm -hmm. Guild, so mm -hmm. I thought, well, I don't want to spend all this time on the phone with people. And so I'll, I'll have them all come at the same day, and that way they can all pay me, and everyone gets experience and hands-on do you know, clinical intake themselves. And I'll just be there as a supervisor and give them feedback and um, be efficient with my time. So there's a couple of elements here going on. You're, 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 you're training others as mm -hmm. practitioners, but you're also uh, seeing uh, clients. And, and do you, you do that? Do you have like a, a practice out of your, your home? or? or a, oh, yeah. The, the, okay. uh, this, the way I have it set up, everyone has a different way. And... Um, for me, what works best is to roll out of bed, go mm -hmm. for get out of the house, go for a walk, cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. It has to be really good organic espresso. Nice. And then <laughs> we can go for that when I come out to visit. And then um, my office and uh, consultation room, teaching room, library, and preparation room are all on the first floor of my house. So I right. have a a three-story house where the first floor is all business. And it's a, you know, I'm very fortunate that I have this kind of space. And um, I can't actually imagine having an office outside of my home because I'm so dependent on my, um, my herb closet, uh -huh. really just for daily life. And, um, and I was fortunate also to have a carpenter who had a really good organizational brain. And he helped to um, organize the space with beautiful shelves and an herb closet. He did have a problem putting a big closet in the middle of this gorgeous space, but 
it works and it's beautiful and it, it's so helpful to be organized. Some mm. people have spaces outside their home, but I don't want to pay somebody else rent when I can pay myself. I'm I'm with you. Like uh, my my commute, my traffic for my commute is if my daughter's tying her shoes on the stairs on the way down to my office. You know, it's like oh gosh, I have to wait in traffic. Have a delay. <laughs> <laughs> delay. Getting to work. <laughs> um, and I I really love your book, and um, I got picked up a copy at the Traditions Western Herbalism Conference. Uh, I have an autographed copy. Oh, uh, well, lucky you. Yeah, you signed it. <laughs> <laughs> I had someone else autograph it for me. No. Uh, um, and uh, I really love how um, you really get into the nitty gritty of all those questions that, you, mm-hmm. that people would, would want, would have, you know, even the most mundane things that you, you wouldn't think, ah, people don't need to know that. I mean, you're down to like setting up your library accounting, um, mm-hmm. set, organizing a desk area, your herb closet, um, and uh, booking appointments, all these kinds of things. Um, yeah. You know, I think probably the, the biggest question that people listening, because I, I, I know people probably really excited when they probably meet you and hear about what you do, and they're like, yeah, I want to do that. Um, what, it, it, you know, obviously, you know, one knows if they want to be an herbalist of your caliber, they're, they're, they have to, there are various trainings and whatnot that they have to do. But when they get the, that line across the line and wanting to, to see uh, clients, like what are the hurdles? Like what are the big things? Cause people are like, wait, this is this legal or, you know, this kind of thing. Like, like how, mm-hmm. what are the main things they have to look out for? And I imagine your book answers most of those questions. But... It does. It does answer those questions, but we can cover some yeah. of it. Um, uh, first of all, I'm not afraid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't live in fear. Mm-hmm. If you can teach herbal medicine at Tufts Medical School, you can practice herbal medicine down the street. So, right. um, and herbs are the common man's medicine. I firmly believe that everyone has the basic human right to walk outside, grow their own herbs, find them in the fields, gather consciously, make prayer. You know live in a good way, and consume herbs. So for me, this is as ordinary as being a mother. Hmm. You know, I take care of my community, my family, my plot of land that I have. Actually, I take care of quite a bit of land in the town that may not be quite so publicly known. (laughs) (laughs) How did those plants that were supposed to be here come back? Gorilla wild, <laughs> gorilla wildcraft, <laughs> gardening. It's not really wildcrafting; it's gorilla planting. Gorilla gardening. <laughs> That'd be a good book title: Gorilla Gardening, like the, yeah, uh, the really. herbalist guide to repopulating. <laughs> oh, so let's see. I lost my train of thought there. That was fun. I was starting to write that book. Um, <laughs> So let's see. And then um, the practice just grows and evolves naturally. Mm-hmm. You know, people, people, when they he- when you are in touch with the plants and understand that the plants are our ancestors and the plants will bring health and vitality and and um, you know, knowing their energetics and, compa- and comparing them to the energetics of the person who is coming to you, that people just show up at your door and they won't go away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I don't advertise. 
it's just word of mouth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people are your best advertisements mm-hmm. that, that have come to you and gotten better. And people say, oh, my God, look at them. Look at the light in their eyes. They're back. You know, they're healthy again. And, and then the herbs send their message out and, and we get busy. You know, I, I, um, it's so if it's your calling, what you're saying, it's like then if it's if you know it's your calling, you just got to go do it and not come from that place of fear and then use the tools available to you out there in the world, right? That's Schools right. and books like yours and put it all together. Yeah, because we do need many more people out there doing what you're doing. We need lots of verbalists. Yes, I mean there is. You know, people people would say, you know, oh, are you afraid of another herbalist moving into town? It's like, oh, there are <laughs> 20,000 people here. Yeah. And, you know, and this isn't just that I see people in Marblehead. You know, people come from everywhere. But, um, you know, there's no lack of people in the universe. And uh, there's a great need for qualified herbalists. And, um, you know, one of the teachers I just had here, who you should interview, is um, Nicole Telks. And oh, yes. I know Nicole. She, oh, she is great. Yes. Oh, my God. What a great school she has. Yeah. Down in uh, Texas, right? Yeah, in Austin. Yeah. That's the homeland of my mother. Oh. Yeah. Got a little Texas blood in there. <laughs> so that's that's great. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's see. Um, what I think I would like to get into now is a bit about um, something that you really specialize. I mean, so much so that like uh, after you get through the first part of your, the book, the second part is all about um, um, observing um, and, and diagnosis and, mm-hmm. and all. So, um, and there aren't too many people out there able really to te- teach this. And, um, and, and, and I, I, I know from, feedback I get are people once they really get to a certain point of learning they get a hit of a certain point of frustration mm-hmm. that they're like hi I gotta you know how, how you know how do I know what herbs to give on a more detailed level it's one thing for some first aid or whatnot but it's another if you're going to go deeper so um how I know it's a major topic area but how would you <laughs> start to talk about how you uh diagnose um folks okay well um my book is really based on the the, the visual diagnostics of the face, the nails, and the tongue. Are were taught to me by William Lasassier, who was passed on, and um, his uh, understanding of the lines and the colors and the um, you know the meaning of each each line and which organ it goes to has been such an incredible, valuable <clears throat> diagnostic tool. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because the, you know, a person can be sitting in front of you and if you see three indications of liver imbalance right on their face, mm. and as they're speaking, you're watching their tongue and then at the end of the consultation, you, you actually have them put their tongue out and closely study their lines and and their nails. They're, it's such good confirmation for what you've heard during the consultation. The comparison between listening, intuiting, and reading the body 
really confirms your choices. And then if you want to go a step further, you can do drop, you know, drop testing where you drop the herbs right onto the pulse mm-hmm. or onto the tongue and, and then listen to the pulse to hear the reaction. And William Morris is the master of teaching that. So, you know, that's, I'm in, I'm, I'm in school again. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I have a new teacher this year. So, you know, it's exciting for me. So his name will keep cropping up, but, mm-hmm. but, um, can, you know, finding a way to, to really, uh, get yeses. Yes, it is the liver. Yes, it is the kidneys. Yes, it is the energy of the kidneys affecting the heart and, and knowing you know how to read those diagnostics just by simply looking at the nose or the tongue or whatever it's just so it's like a monarch version to diagnosis so 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 you're it's almost as if you are um, picking up uh trying to pick up on several clues from a person and and, and getting as many of them to kind of line up to back uh, a possible story in which you can progress in the treatment Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's take an example, because like I'm looking at you uh, in your book, and and you have visual observations, but then I always get a little um, confused. Um, um, I'll tell you why. Like uh, in acupuncture, when I trained in that, I learned a specific system. I do the five element Worsley style, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and yet, uh, in when I have heard several uh, herbalists talk about. The, like what we're talking about, it, it seems as if um, they're they're putting together, um, um, you know, a, a lot of clues from from different traditions to build the case. And is that in your case? Because I see like the uh, constitutional body types, like the Vata Pitta Kapha, but then I also see things that seem to be reminiscent of like Chinese medicine. Yeah, TPM. So mm-hmm. how do you put all that together and like you know to figure out? Well, I'd say I'm I'm an American. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a mongrel. Mm-hmm. practitioner. So I've studied Ayurveda and I've studied mm-hmm. a little TCM and I've, you know, had my main teachers who also have a lot of Native American background as their foundation. So I, you know, I'm a mongrel. I take a little bit, every anything that resonates for me, mm-hmm. I, I love the doshas of Ayurveda just because that's what teaches me compliance. I know that if they're vata, that they're going to be irregular. I'm going to have to have them put it on their cell phone to take anything. Otherwise, they'll never remember. Mm-hmm. And if they're coffee, it'll have to taste good and appeal to their gastric juices. And if they're pitta, I'll just have to explain to them every flipping thing with scientific research behind it before they'll do anything I say. So, <laughs> sounds, like a met- you know. sounds like a metal element. In China. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, you know, each, each, it's a big world out there and there's so much to learn from every single mm-hmm. avenue and you know like I just learned new tricks over this past weekend for how to formulate and mm-hmm. it's you know there's so much to learn and I'm not you know I don't want to ever stop learning mm-hmm. and I you know if you have the second edition of my book and a lot of that changed when I, from the first edition. You know, some of the indications that I really haven't seen over time, I've taken out, and then I've added in some new ones. And the third edition, I'm going to start working on probably this winter, 
And there are even more things I've learned. So, you know, learning is not stagnant. And certainly human beings are fascinating studies. And learning new lines, new ways to see people, and new ways to figure out the amazing jigsaw puzzle of health, you know, it's wonderful and never boring. And, you know, this will be the book that never ends. That's what, what, a, what a great career here. You just keep uh, updating your book, but, but you know, in 20 years from now, it's going to be like, <laughs> it's going to be really thick. Oh, um, really, really thick. <laughs> yeah, I have other books in my mind, but I haven't gotten them onto paper. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, um, I, when I, yeah, I, just the, the whole um, thing about, um, when you're when you're because when you see someone for chronic illness reason um it's you know uh, you and i can have say we have both have get migraines of course we're going to have them for completely different reasons mm-hmm. and the approach will be different and um how much of 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 what you find in your doing the body observing uh kind of reaches a, a, a constant like are you looking for a constitutional type of thing so you can really go to the source of the of the person's issues I'm always trying to go to the source. And and, uh, one of the uh, thoughts that I really believe in is you go to the original insult. You know, go through, I use a thing called the timeline, Mm -hmm. which goes from birth until the current day. And and I put onto that timeline their entire history. So every emotional, so any kind of abuse, physical, sexual, ritual, emotional, mm-hmm. verbal abuse, all goes on there. Accidents, mm-hmm. you know, falling off horses, car accidents, whatever. Major traumas, if, you know, they observed something frightening, had a fire, um, something like that. Surgeries and major life changes, death, divorce, moving. All those things go onto the timeline. Mm-hmm. And... And then you get a big round picture, and the person is the one who really receives. They they look at it and they go, "Oh my God, look at this! In this three-year period, this this and this happened, and I never put that together. Of course, that explains why mm. I got an ulcer. Mm. Or no wonder, you know, my <laughs> no wonder I got constipated. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that timeline is a really valuable tool for looking at the history of a person and understanding what is affecting them and what is their constitution to begin with. I mean, when you read the tongue, you definitely can figure out constitution. Then you go to the pulse, Mm. definitely get confirmation. Hmm. And then William had a whole thing on the shape of the face and and the um, uh, equidistant parts of it, which has not been published in my book because the archive... Um, wants to publish that themselves. So that's something I teach, but I don't have in the book. Right. Um, so, you know, there's a lot to learn, a lot of tricks out there. I, I always find that uh, I, get the, <laughs> I get the best diagnostic information when someone doesn't think I'm observing them. Absolutely. Like, uh, I, I, I love, uh, I get a lot from the voicemails that people leave. <laughs> Yeah, or, or or watching them walk from their car to the door. Because as soon as they walk in the door, they they change. They go into. I'm in a doctor's office. Mode. Yeah, really. No, I can say all the right things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like um somebody asked um, what do you uh, 
you know, are you going to send me your intake form? It's like, absolutely not. You cannot see my intake form. I mean, my intake form is really in, in sort of um, what my kids call Margie talk. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's very cryptic, and I know what the whole sentence is, but it's not really on paper that way. Right. Because I ask the questions to my clients, and I want to see their body language in response to the question because they may say yes and their body may say no. Mm-hmm. And then I can go deeper. You know, then I can ask the 10 questions that follow that. Right. Um, because the, the mind is very interesting. And I yes. don't ask all of, my, uh, all of my mental questions. I sort of have interspersed throughout the intake. I don't, I don't like to keep everything in order because people will realize, oh, she's asking all questions about my heart or, mm-hmm. or you know, and I would rather just flip the question in in a little bit of a tricky way so they don't know it's coming. That's awesome. <laughs> it's a you know years of being uh, a psychology major. Oh, this is brilliant. <laughs> I mean, what, what you just a, um, this is just a tip of the iceberg, I'm sure for you. And I and I and I'm really resonating with what you're saying. It's very similar, mm-hmm. similar with a lot of other tricks I'm hearing uh, from the way we were taught too. Because it's a you know when you're trying to get to some kind of you know body, mind, spirit, constitutional place. Um. So so some people so folks listening, they're like, okay, I've learned some about herbs. I like to, I like to start at, um learning about observing whether it be pulse taking or tongue diagnosis, which, which which um, I mean, in your many chapters of the book, you, you, as you as you're getting from this interview, there are many layers that you've learned over the years of types of diagnosis. Which is a good place um, area to start? Like if someone's, I like to start in this world. Should, should they look into concept like uh, um, Ayurveda body types, or should they look for a class on tongue or pulse, uh, something that you know one of your classes you teach, or how would that work? Well, I mean, there are a lot of great teachers out there. So my favorite teachers for learning facial tongue or pulse diagnosis, mm-hmm. well, I just had class with William Morris. So he's in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. So he teaches pulse and tongue. But during this class, I learned tons of other things. So I would recommend him. He's my latest fun teacher. Mm-hmm. David Winston is also a great teacher. Oh yeah. Um, and he studied also with William and, uh, and has, uh, his own unique view of things as well. Um, Matthew Wood is brilliant and lots of fun to study with. Um, Oops. (laughs) Between those folks and and you, um, I'm hearing that there are folks all over the country. There's Matthew Wood out here and on the Northwest, and you've got uh, teaching, and you're on the East Coast. and, And so, yeah. Yeah. There are there are good teachers. Well, that's a handful anyway. Because because it seems like um, like yes, you know, your book is a great guide and everything. But uh, having learned uh, in our in our, in, our uh, in the five in the five element, we don't learn the tongue. We don't because we we don't need to in that. But we have other things that we learn. But still, it's it's sensory awareness, and and it's hard to imagine that doing that through just a book. You know, it seems like you really do need a component of a live person giving you feedback. Yeah. I am a huge believer in having clinic. Yes. You know, I have a clinic here once a month where, or sometimes for a week at a time, if somebody wants to come and, 
you know, flies in from Seattle and wants to study with me, then they sign up for five days or four days, whatever oh. they want. But but then they get hands-on every day with clients doing the intake, asking questions, looking at the face, nails, tongue. You know, that's the best way to learn. I mean, that's why they call us practicing herbalists. Mm-hmm. You know, you practice by doing. I bet and yeah. the more tongues you look at, the more you learn. Right. So, you know, it's a very practical thing. And and um, I wish more people had clinics available. I mean, the way mine works is one practitioner who's qualified will be doing the intake and the other people have to be quiet and listen. But you're learning. This is a fabulous way to learn. When I learned from Matthew, I literally planted myself at his knees and would hmm. hold the pulse on the other side of the person and mimic everything he did, I did. And that was the way I learned. And that's, I found that that's the way that I like to teach too. Hmm. I think it's practical. I think most herbalists are very tactile. You know, we need to taste things, touch things, you know, sit with the plant, be where it would normally be, you know, right. Right. Or multidimensional. Yeah. I, I, um, in our school, I remember having to just, they just didn't even really tell us what we were, you know, sensing in the pulses yet, but they wouldn't even, I teacher wouldn't even tell me until I had a notebook full of 2,000 pulses that I'd taken. And I'd had to go to coffee houses, I'd go to anywhere. Can I take your pulse? Can I take your pulse? Can I take? And we'd write the, keep a little notebook. And then by the time he was ready to tell us what the heck we were feeling, we had 2,000 pulses under our belt. Cool. <laughs> he was really helpful. Yeah. And, uh, nice. um, yeah, and, and everyone you go up to in the, you know, in the street or you meet or, or, or you're at, just look at the color of their faces. So like you can be observing everywhere you go yeah. when you're, when you're learning and doesn't just happen in the clinic. And then, so that, that's great. I'm really encouraged to hear that you're on the clinic and people can come and everything. Cause that's, uh, that's a great, great thing. And I guess people doing AHG type of professional certification can hook up, could get hours oh. that way. Oh Yeah. Definitely get ours. Yep, I'm definitely a mentor. Excellent. Great. Okay, well, let's get to some questions. Um, The first question here is kind of related to what we've been talking about. Sue asks, um, I'm curious curious how much of a role intuition plays in determining health concerns and working with a client and how you incorporate emotional or mental intake of clients. A little bit what we've just been talking about, but Mm -hmm. maybe. Okay, a couple of thoughts I have there. One is... um, one of the things that is most important is to uh, keep your own process separate from the clients. For instance, a client comes in, they burst into tears. You know, some people might, you know, immediately become very empathic and, you know, come over and pat them or give them Kleenex or whatever. I leave Kleenex on the table. But I learned from Karen Sanders, another great teacher of mine, that um, you need to be neutral. And the person needs to process their own stuff. So if I become uh, emotionally involved in somebody else's stuff, I'm really, their, hmm. their emphasis comes off themselves and goes to making, trying to make you feel better because now you're sitting there like a little puddle. So, so um, you know, having a professional uh, 
protection, I guess you'd call it, or a neutral wall that keeps you sitting in front of the client as an herbal practitioner who is listening to their story so that it remains their story. Now, on the other, mm. the next point is intuition. How much does intuition pay? play? Well, oftentimes a client walks through the door, I look at them and I see a plant. And the plant is plastered onto their forehead. So, you know, mm. uh, you know, everybody has a different way of reading things. When I hear an herb three times in my head, I write it down. Hmm. Sometimes I don't understand why it's there, and sometimes I do. But I always, if I hear it three times, I, I know there's a reason that herb is present. And my overall belief is that all all of us are connected. All of our spirits are connected, and not just to humans, but to all life. So, you know, I already have a connection with my client before they arrive. And um, and I don't mind being intuitive. You know, if if I'm tired at the end of a consultation, I'll douse out, you know, with a little pendulum you know how much how many drops to do of something wow yeah yeah i'm not much into my ego you know if i don't care that i don't know everything and um i don't mind being wrong on occasion (laughs) 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 as long as they don't die i haven't had a lot of clients die that's good (laughs) you've had a lot (laughs) unless they came already in fourth stage you know It's like it wasn't about me. <laughs> well, eventually they're all going to. No. Yeah, uh, we all do eventually, don't we? Um, so Monica uh, was curious about, um, so she's beginning to take clients, and she was curious about what the session looks like. Do you, do you, do you get intake forms beforehand? Do you make up the remedies while they're there? And, or okay. have them pick them up later? Or do you have a separate office? Uh, we, we know about the office already. Yeah. And, um, okay, so go ahead with that. Yeah. So um, I always ask the questions myself. I have the intake questions printed out, and then I run off of that. But I don't always ask all the questions either. Mm-hmm. I might focus on um, an acute issue that is appearing that day and a general, you know, which organ systems might relate to that and save other segments for the follow-up visit. Um, I do work in my home. And as far as making up formulas, most times I make the formula during the time the client is here because I allot two hours Mm -hmm. for consultation. So an hour and a half to do the actual questioning and a half hour to put things together. So unless they need a cream or a salve or something like that, then they'll, they'll have to come back for that. But I prefer to get it done. And, and um, okay. complete it. And um, at what point she's initially struggling with, at what point to refer out in relation to that was mm-hmm. w- working with someone who might be taking a lot of pharmaceuticals and she's okay. like kind of uncomfortable with all that sort of the doctor interaction and referring out and all that. Okay. If somebody's taking a lot of pharmaceuticals, I mean, when they're on the phone with me before they come in, <clears throat> I ask them to send me a list of pharmaceuticals and to write down um, the contents of their vitamins. You know, if they're taking a multivitamin, I don't want to know vitamin A. I want to know the source of the vitamin A, 
which is a great assignment to give clients because then they realize this massive list of things that they're taking. <laughs> and um, and then I'll have them, in addition, bring the actual bottles in, and then we can put them either into the okay pile or the trash can. Trash is popular. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's see. Ask me the question. Again. Oh, uh, it was just around, um, you know, just knowing maybe knowing when to refer out. Or, oh, when to refer out. Yeah. I refer out a lot. Yeah. I have um, a list of doctors that I work with and trust that if I think they need blood work or some kind of a scan or a test or something, that's what Western medicine's really good at. So I'll refer out for occasionally for some kind of testing. And... Um, and I like to refer people to really good doctors. It's it, I have a list of good doctors and bad doctors. And um, then I refer out a lot to chiropractors or acupuncturists mm-hmm. or um, various kinds of mental therapies, especially around trauma. And um, And all of those referrals, I don't refer to anybody unless I know them. And so that means I have to make an appointment with them. It's usually professional courtesy, so I'm not charged. Mm-hmm. And I go and experience their work, and then I know whether they're worthy of having a referral. Mm-hmm. Excellent Which idea. Is really nice for massage. Yeah. I can <laughs> Some people only want to go to men. Some people only want to go to women. Mm-hmm. Some people are better at necks or backs or feet or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it means you get taken care of. And it's a write-off. Nice. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> I like that. I like that idea. Um, all right. Uh, and so uh, Abby says, uh, asked for a few years. She's diagnosed with white coat hypertension. <laughs> I can feel my blood pressure rising as soon as I saw the stethoscope. <laughs> Do you find that some patients experience anxiety with your diagnostic methods when you perform facial tongue or nail examination? No. Um, if I have clinic and there are, you know, 10 people in the room and they all converge on the person when they have their tongue out, they might burst out laughing. But uh, by the end of the consultation, trust has already been established and people aren't, you know, usually it's more about embarrassment than trust. You know, everyone initially thinks it's weird to stick their tongue out. We've been taught not to do that all our lives. So, you know, and you just, say, oh, don't worry about it, and here's a mirror so you can see it, and then I'll teach you what to look for for change. And and that empowers them to, oh, they, then they get interested and they can look at it and go, oh, I see, I need the coating to extend side to side, front to back, or get rid of those spleen lines, or, you know, watch the heat disappear, whatever. And that way, you're sending them home with something that they can actively participate in. Okay. Okay. Um, Genevieve, uh, she's witnessed herbalists, uh, experienced herbalists as they laser in on emotional or energetic blocks with mm-hmm. the clients. And she always wonders how, do, how, how does she know that, uh, she, she knows she wouldn't have seen it. So she sees the true healing usually stems from a psycho spiritual shift. Although we are not psychotherapists, there's so much more happening in a consultation than a mere prescription of plants. Do you have any advice or resources that would help me sharpen this intuitive skill to be able to tap in and decipher what's truly going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think we are psychotherapists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's a book called, let's see, Becoming... Oh, shoot. It's uh, Mark, Mark Blumenthal's wife, Michelle. Oh, shoot. Becoming Professional... Oh, darn, I can't remember the title. Um, first of all, Study Energy. Mm-hmm. How to figure out how to sense your own energy. When you learn how to sense your own energy, you'll be able to sense energy in people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Health has a certain energetic vibration. Stagnation has an energetic vibration. Heat has an energetic vibration. And you can, some people are able to look at the body and see those things. Some people are able to off the body scan it and feel it. I mean, I was a polarity therapy practitioner and instructor for years. So, you know, energy is a a normal part of my life. It isn't weird. I mean, Mm -hmm. that was one of the things that would come up at med school all the time. What do you mean by energy? (laughs) What do you mean the energy of the plants? You know, oh, my God. (laughs) Right. But I think as a practitioner, everyone who practices should should tune into some form of energetic healing, whether it's uh, Reiki or whatever. My partner, Peter Meyer, he teaches classes in energy, um, how to sense your own and, and therefore sense the plants and the eventually the people. Hmm. You know, we're all alive. Life has energy. In a, in a, Disease definitely has energy. Cancer yeah. definitely has energy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, you know, it seems like one of those things that you just kind of have to do, and then you start to see it. Um, and and uh, what worked for for me was, uh, you know, was just a lot of time in nature, just sit by a yeah. tree, <laughs> yeah, look at the ocean, take walks, uh, get get out of your head, get out of your head and get into <laughs> nature. Absolutely, that so. we spend most of our time is like reminding people, you know, plants are our friends. Go out and be with them. Walk off the pavement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go yeah. into the woods. Exactly. I mean, I love, I li- I'm really fortunate here, as you are, living on the ocean. So I can go stand at the edge of the ocean. So I have the land, the sea, the earth, and the sky. Beautiful. And there are days I can watch the moon come up and the sun go down. I mean, it's it's a magical place. That, that's a good point too. Is uh, you know, just uh, observing, like you just said, like uh, you know, what phase was the moon in? What, where's the sun? Mm-hmm. And what season are we in? Is it windy today? You know, yep. is it, what's the weather like? You know, that's sensing yeah. energy, right? Yeah. Yeah. When that's you great. walk outside early in the morning, barefoot, what are you absorbing? Mm. That's great. It's beautiful. Thanks. So uh, let's see, Mary, do you have, uh, in your book, do you have pictures for facial nail and tongue diagnosis? Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Will you have pictures for facial nail and tongue diagnosis more than in your book? I don't know exactly what that means. You have it in your book, but she you mean more than that? I don't, I, I'm not exactly think, sure what she means. <laughs> I think I sort of touched on that in that yeah. the, the diagrams change right. as right. my opinion about them and my right. experience of seeing them or not seeing them changes. Mm-hmm. And um, each time I print a new edition, I seem to have mm-hmm. discovered new lines on people that have consistent meaning. 
So, um, yes, things change. And uh, let's see, what are your suggestions to heal old scar tissue? Getting in some health questions now. Uh, now yeah, read after three one. decades due to abdominal, uh, due to abdominal massage. Yeah. Due to abdominal massage. So this is a person who makes scar tissue. And um, people who make scar tissues like keloids, those are those kind of ripply looking scars. Or if you run your finger over a scar and it feels like a little round snake. You know, it's really very rounded and hard. Or you look at them and they're purple. You know, a scar should be the same color as your skin. You know, it shouldn't be um, deeply colored. <clears throat> so if you're a person who makes scar tissue, there are a few good tricks. Herbally, um, Monarda fistulosa, which is sweet leaf. Karen Sanders taught me this. Um is an herb that can break up scar tissue. So the way that I use it is in combination with massage, you work on the scar gently but firmly, and then you use the herb internally and externally. So you could make Monarda fistulosa, which is the Indian name, is sweet leaf. Mm -hmm. um, so you could make an oil of the... Um, Monarda, or you could make tincture and take the tincture internally and the oil used externally. Okay. Um, as a supplement, you can use something called serrapeptase, S-E-R-R-A-P-E-P-T-A-S-E. -E -E. And peptase is made by silkworms, and it targets scar tissue anywhere in the body. So you, you don't really want to take it with food. You take it away from food, otherwise it might target that protein. <clears throat> so, um, and that works really well. Um, so those are two good things for scar tissue. And then there's a massage that, uh, there's actually a, a massage technique, scar massage, where you ice the scar and then uh, diagonally, very slowly, torturously slowly, <laughs> You pull your fingers apart, and you can watch the blood eventually go back into the area of the scar. All of a sudden, you see it goes from white to being pink. And, um, and I've had that done on my own scars and on scars of clients. And, uh, you know, it takes maybe six sessions. Um, icing, doing the diagonal massage, and then herbally you make a um, rosehip seed oil and add to that essential oils of all the roses. So rose auto, rose mary, rose geranium, and rose wood. <clears throat> and rub that onto the scar afterward, and that all helps to break up the scar tissue. Oh, great. Thanks. Yes. Um, Daniela, could you help to find er, uh, could you help to find herb or herb co herbal combinations for <clears throat> excuse me the gallbladder which is working on a five percent capacity oh boy and oh high blood God. pressure and high blood <laughs> pressure with uh, palpitation and high blood pressure. Yeah, this is where you say make a do a consultation with a qualified herbalist. Yeah, we don't answer those on the on yeah, the radio. Those yeah. are silly. So I I would say. You know, that's a question where you need to 
have a consultation with a qualified herbalist who takes your entire history. Thanks for saying that because um, <laughs> because really, um, and, and that's great to point out because um, sometimes, yeah, you know, we'll have people even join our site and I always say don't join Herb Mentor if you're just coming to get a health question answered just come because you want to learn about herbs in your life and get infuse them in your life. But sometimes uh, people will go away disgruntled because they'll come on and say like, okay, question like a very serious question where they actually need to see somebody and and it's like, well, we can't really do that over the internet. You need to see yeah, somebody. Really. <laughs> so uh, we yeah. don't mean to be demeaning or anything. It's just that, like, no, you know, no, you, just have, you have to just really, yeah, understand that. That, that uh, it honors the person. Yeah. You know, yeah. I wouldn't, I would not dishonor somebody by right. answering that question without doing a full medical history. Yeah. Exactly. You know, that would that would totally be irresponsible. And then, and then, and then, now that we say this, then people go, "Aha! I see. You know, I can mm-hmm. see where now that, uh, especially, gosh, if you look in your book and see all that's that's involved, it's like, my goodness, how could you, could you, you know, get really in detail and really offer? But the best thing you do, right? Go see someone. Yeah. Um, is there a place? Just you know, someone might be wondering because uh, it's one thing if I happen to live in Marblehead and uh, can look up Margie Flint, but. Uh, is there, gosh, like any place online where that you trust, um, where people can maybe find someone that they who doesn't live, who doesn't know if there's a qualified person near them? Do you know of a Well, resource? I mean, the Guild, the American Herbalist Guild, has a listing of professional members of the okay. Guild. Okay. And that's peer reviewed. Okay. I mean, I've been a member for a long time, and I'm sure the qualifications have changed over the years, mm-hmm. but I think they'd still take me. and uh so so uh, and so sometimes right just uh many like yourself right folks like yourself will do over the phone right consultations Mm -hmm. too so it's not just you have to be especially with skype i mean the computer these days is amazing you can sit and look at your client and have a conversation as though they're right in front of you and even if they don't have that i have them sit in natural light with a mirror so they can look at their own tongue, or I'll have them send me digital photographs oh. of their tongue and nails, and and uh, I can't do pulses, but you know you can learn quite a bit without the pulse, so that's fine. And and getting in touch with you for a consultation, you could just go through your website or EarthsongHerbals.com. Yeah, yeah, or right? you call the business line. Yeah, and that's on the website, right? Yeah, it's on okay, the website. Okay, great. Great. Just making sure that they there's a direction. <laughs> yeah. Since we're talking about that, and we go, where? How do I get in touch with Marty? Well, you can go to. <laughs> yeah, it's challenging since my beautiful, wonderful computer crashed a week ago. Uh-oh. <laughs> like it's been sort of a relief to have a week without a computer. Wow. I do, I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I have to we'll go just on see how good that. the cloud really is. <laughs> <laughs> She's laughing now. Check in next week. <laughs> after after it all sinks back up again, did it really work? Oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, it'll be a new chapter on cloud diagnosis now. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, see, so yeah. Jody, um, what can a person do who has been diagnosed with TMJ to relieve the pain? Surgery is not an option. Dental oh, visits. Oh, I have an easy one for that. Okay. So she also says, just so, so you know, that dental visits have not been made, um, have, have made the condition unbearable at times, looking for other ways to control it. Okay. Okay. First, when you go to the dentist, take homeopathic arnica or rub arnica 
mm-hmm. onto the temporal mandibular joint before you go and after you come home. But homeopathic arnica is a great solution to going mm-hmm. to the dentist and find a kinder dentist. Um, <laughs> and then another recipe that is wonderful is equal parts of juiced ginger and um, sesame oil. And you just take that ginger and sesame oil and um, put it into a Ziploc bag and then uh, put it in the freezer. I don't know. I'm hearing another voice. Are you? No. Um, I'm not. <laughs> as long as I'm not. Okay, good. Um, you put that bag in the freezer and you just break a chip off every now and again and rub it onto the TMJ. And that helps to loosen up those ligaments. A good chiropractor. Mm-hmm. should be able to loosen that up really quickly and um, keep your tongue in between your teeth so that you can't clench your jaw. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, you're, if, if your tension from your life, if your place is your TMJ, just focus on keeping your jaw relaxed and watch what was I thinking. <laughs> right, right. Are there uh, some Nervine herbs uh, to take regularly, maybe, like uh, to might help tension in their life? Like, uh, I don't know, like oat straw or something? I'm just, I'm yeah, just throwing I mean, that out there. Oat, oat straw is my <laughs> ultimate favorite Nervine. Yeah, so you could take Nervines too, but the jaw is really, mm. I mean, you have to be physically aware of not clenching. You have to focus. Mm. And when you notice you're clenching, you just stick your teeth in between your your tongue in between your teeth, so you can't clench. Get those little ginger chips out, rub them in, and and that's often enough to do it. But you know, a good chiropractor can really help you. Okay. I would interview though first. Do you do TMJ work? Right. Yeah. I like a, I get a network chiropractor. I really like them a lot. Yeah, There's, network's cool. Good craniosacral. Yeah. Mm. Rolfing. Mm-hmm. Except you'll cry. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> so let's see, Renee, what would you suggest for someone that has thoughts, nothing in particular one night after another night, uh, that like she has rambling thoughts which interferes with her sleep, basically? Mm-hmm. Can we... Can, um, so can something be taken in tincture form? Um, Passion flower. Okay. She has weak bladder yeah. is also an issue. Repeated, repeated thoughts. Passion okay. flower is great for that or flower essences. And I'm a mindless flower essence practitioner. I just douse. I go through the rows of hundreds of flower mm. essences that I have and just pick out the right ones. And they're always right. Passion flower. And just get passion flower tincture is, tincture. is Great for getting rid of those rambling thoughts. Excellent. Uh, let's see. Monica is um, when my husband uh, sweats, it bleaches out his clothes and the bed sheets. And she can't find information about this. So, do you know about this? <laughs> Can she do anything? I mean, my first thought is, uh, is he like a swimming instructor? Is <laughs> does <laughs> he clean good... houses or something? Or is, sit in a hot is tub? Is he just absorbing bleach? through his skin somehow i mean even in restaurants most restaurants around here they make the employees wash the dishes in clorox right which i would not do ever in my life um but i mean he must be either consuming something that is triggering some radical excretion of an enzyme or something through his body but 
to bleach out material. I mean, what could do that? Uh, all I can think of is Clorox. So I would look at, you know, is he cleaning with something or what is his job? You know, mm. what is he absorbing in his body mm. that does that? Because most people, when they sweat, actually leave darker stains on the sheets. Right. You know? Wow. I mean, that's a really interesting phenomena. Which is probably why she can't find any information on yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> and I've never heard of it before. Wow, wow. You know, this 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 other question snuck in there. Some some strange guy on our site named Jim McDonald, and he was wondering. Oh, I love he, him. He, well, he was wondering who, his question is, who's the fairest herbalist in Michigan of them all? <laughs> the fairest in Michigan <laughs> would have to be Jim, I think. Well, wow. <laughs> A mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the gem I love? No, let's see. <laughs> yeah, I love him. He is so smart. Oh, my God. And funny and musical and has a beautiful house with cob walls. I mean, geez. Oh, neat. He designed it himself. He's like a Renaissance man. He is. He is. Oh, and I th- on our bench, we have a new herb block with him coming up soon, which will be fun. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um... That we did at Rootstock last year. So, well, yeah. So, th- thanks, Jim, for sneaking in that question in the midnight hour. <laughs> Leave it to Jim. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Margie, do you have any upcoming question? Up que- yeah. <laughs> do you have upcoming any upcoming? Do you have any upcoming? Cl- <laughs> what is any- the meaning of life? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> any upcoming classes that you'd like to tell us about that you're offering at your place or on the road yeah. or? Okay. Um, I always have clinics going on, and they are on demand. So if somebody wants to come, just tell me the dates, and I'll tell you if I'm available. Um, William Morris will be here early in December for two days of pulse diagnosis and one day of celestial herbology, so understanding the astrological um, connections to plants. Um, Matt Wood and Kay Parent and I are going to be teaching together again in February for a week-long clinical intensive where we bring clients in and teach half of the day. Um, Half day with client, half day with each of us lecturing. And we have three very different approaches on how to see clients. So it's, it's a good, a good experience for, you know, anyone who's trying to figure out, oh, you know, which direction do I want to go in? And really, it's about teaching empowerment, you know, how to see who you are as a practitioner. Um, And then I'm traveling a lot. So in the fall, I head out to Bastyr. There's a free lecture at night out there sometime during the, the, um, (laughs) I should, if I had my computer, I could tell you. Um, Let's see. Oh, cell phone, that might work. Um, and at Pacific Rim College, I'll be out there for a week. And um, there's also a class near Bellingham. Oh, okay. Um, and I can tell you in a sec when that'll be, but that's all three weeks in the fall. And nice. if if I if I get a location in Portland to teach, I will teach there. But so far, no one's grabbed me. But I would love to go down there because I have a new daughter-in-law. Oh, congratulations. How many kids do you have? 
I, oh, it's actually because I'm getting married. Oh, you're getting <laughs> married. I'm thinking like your son is getting married and you're right. getting a new no, daughter. They all, they all got married. Okay. All my kids are married, but. Um, well, congratulations to you. Thank you. You're, are you getting, and, uh, okay, so you're getting married where you are, yet your daughter-in-law's in, right? Your new daughter Yeah, my daughter-in-law lives in Portland, Portland. Oregon. Yeah. Nice. So I'll be in at Pacific Rim in October. So and then at Chris Bornke's, is that right? Bornke in right. Um, Bellingham. That's mm-hmm. the weekend of October sixth and seventh. And I'll be teaching reading the body. So all the diagnostic lines and colors. And then best year. When is that? I'm seeing you have, I'm on your website here looking and you have some dates from last, yeah, they're on the website and there's some stuff from last year too on there. So you have to be careful of your dates (laughs) when you're looking. I have stuff on my website from last year. Oh, maybe they didn't, uh, you know, update the year. Oh, wait, this page is different. Okay. I'm on a different page now. Okay. There was another page. Yeah, refresh it. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Okay, you're good. <laughs> it's all there. So it's all there on the site um, on Earth, <laughs> EarthSongHerbals.com. Um, so yeah, I'd look forward to. We should we should plan to hang out and do something while you're here. Make your uh, West Coast trip more worthwhile. Like maybe we can Absolutely. do a little, do a little class be a or blast. a little webinar or something. For, um, we'll we'll make something up that'll be fun. Uh, <laughs> let's see. And of course, on EarthSongHerbals.com, you can uh, pick up. Margie's book, and I just want to point out to folks that that book is a, you know, you treat it as a textbook. It's a resource, so it's um, it's it's hefty, and it's also you know like it's a self-produced textbook, so it costs a little bit, right? But it's yeah, uh, it's but the it's cost more, of a textbook, so it's a hundred dollars. Yep, it's a textbook, and it's hardbound and really big. Yes. <laughs> so and you and what's really cool is you can you can go through the whole table of contents on your site mm-hmm. and so you can see exactly what you're getting and what's in mm-hmm. it and then you'll understand why this is so extensive yeah. in this. Um, yeah. And uh, again, the uh, website earthsongherbals.com. Margie Flint, thank you so much for joining me today. I really it's been a blast and I had a lot of fun. So thank you. Oh, it was a complete pleasure. HerbMentor Radio on HerbMentor.com is a production of LearningHerbs.com. Visit LearningHerbs.com for free herbal lessons including HerbMentor News, Home Remedy Secrets, and Supermarket Herbalism. You'll also find the Herbal Medicine Making Kit and our board game Wildcraft. HerbMentor Radio. Copyright LearningHerbs.com. All rights reserved. Thanks so much for listening.